And hello, welcome to the Lionel Ship Ship Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Network. I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a big thanks to all of my regular listeners and a special thanks to all of my new listeners. That opening music is called Flame by Candy Dolfer. I want to give a big shout out to all of the other hosts of the CWR Network. You can visit the website at www.cwrtalknetwork.com for details of the other hosts and their shows. And while you're there on our website, uh, sign up for the uh, newsletter that we have. You can click on the orange uh, subscriber button and become a newsletter recipient of the CWR Talk Network. Now, you can catch this show, my show, uh, every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, for those that didn't know, uh, you can listen to the show now on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. We've been doing a little bit expanding here over the uh, over the last uh, few months, so very excited that we are listening. Uh, I'm able, we're able to provide uh, the shows on those platforms. Uh, last month, uh, if you were able to tune in, if you hadn't had the opportunity to listen to some of the past shows, uh, last month, uh, the, during the month of April, was Financial Literacy Month, and we had some great guests, uh, Kelly Wright, Sam Rennick, uh, Jay Hollinshed and Miss Pamela McCoy. Uh, we had a fantastic time in celebrating uh, Financial Literacy Month. So I would encourage all of you, if you hadn't heard some of the shows, uh, go back and listen to some of those past shows. Now, I would consider tonight's show uh, to be an extension of celebrating Financial Literacy Month. Uh, tonight, we have a very special guest. Uh, Miss Lynn Fitch is here. And you will hear her live in the main segment. Uh, we will be talking about the financial principles and the methods of her book, The No Cash Allowance. Fantastic book, and look forward to uh, our conversation in just a few moments. Well, at this time, while I'm uh, on that, we're going to take a break, and when we return, uh, we're going to go right, we're going to just dive right into our conversation. Uh, with our special guest. So please stay tuned. You're listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Network. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor Middle School? Would you like directions? No, why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon oh, gold. Why don't you understand me? 
Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Network. Well, as always, I enjoy when we have guests here on the show, and we have a great show, a great guest tonight. Uh, she writes, she blogs, she speaks about kids and money. Uh, in addition to TV and radio appearances, uh, Ms. Lynn Fitch presents at the Fox City's Money Conference, Money Week. She was the financial lead for the PTO Money Conference in San Diego as well. Her keen insight into the world of children resulted in several award-winning stories for children. She has received numerous awards for nonfiction as well as adult fiction. Her published writing includes how-to, humor, and opinion pieces. She is also the author of the No Cash Allowance, of which we're going to talk about tonight. Let's welcome to the show, Miss Lynn Fitch. How are you today, Lynn? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure having you, and thank you so much for being here on the show. So we make sure that I want to uh, always say so I want to take advantage of the time. So we're going to delve right into our conversation. And uh, I always like to say, give all of our listeners a lot of financial nuggets that they can chew on and grow from. So if you would, tell, tell us tonight how, I see, well, please share your money story. Uh, tell us about your money experience uh, growing up for you. Okay, my money experience, um, I grew up in a Navy family. And, of course, money was very tight. My dad retired when I was 10 years old, and we moved to Wisconsin, where he uh, returned to college to finish his bachelor's and master's degrees. So, again, money was very tight. But I clearly remember him dropping a quarter in my hand now and then, and, of course, I thought it was a miracle to have my own money. So I spent it right away. I probably bought some candy. I did get allowance. Occasionally, I can't remember that it was real regular. And then I later on earned money babysitting. I didn't have a checkbook until I went to college and managed my student loan. But one of the lessons I learned from my dad, who did manage all the money in the family, was always pay your bills on time. He always Mm -hmm. did, and he always instilled that in us kids. So I grew up with that idea that 
I'm responsible to pay on time. But the real experience for me came after we got married. Then we looked at our income as a number. We looked at this nice number and thought we had a lot of money until we paid the bills and had $5 left for groceries for the week. Okay, this was, this was 50 years ago, so times are a little different. Right. I still remember the panic I felt when I looked at what we had left after paying the bills. Where was all the money for fun? Where was all that, you know, that fun stuff? Yes. How are we going to pay our bills? Have a family? Buy a house? It was scary stuff. So oh, wow. That was kind of, yeah, kind of my experience growing up. Um, my parents, of course, lived through the Depression, so they had, you know, different ideas about how to manage things. But they were always paid on time. So that was the one lesson that was really instilled in me very, very early and that my husband and I have carried on in our marriage. I think that's a very important lesson uh, to learn, to, uh, to pay your bills on time. Uh, you know, we have a society now that, you know, from time to time I've dealt with people over the years and paying your bills, uh, paying their bills were not really a priority. And it should be a priority because to me it actually speaks to your character as a person, and especially when it involves money. Money to me is a character. Uh, it plays into your character as well. So I think that's very instrumental. That's a very good lesson uh, to even have now, even as an adult, to always pay your bills on time. Always pay your bills on time. So great. So tell well, us definitely. Uh, now, I want to jump into your book. I have to say, very good book, Lynn. I, I, I love your book. This from the beginning to the end, all of the illustration. So, so tell us how, uh, who, or what inspired you to write this book? Because this, if, if those that don't have it, we're going to make you know make it available uh, uh, tonight by giving some information out on it. But just tell us, tell us. What inspired you or who inspired you to write this book? Okay, to answer that, I'm going to go back to the time when I decided I should start an allowance for our daughters. We had two daughters. They're about two years apart. At that time, they were both preschoolers. And I'm thinking, maybe I should start learning a little bit about money. But I had some ideas in the back of my head. That one was, um, not all money is for fun, and I wanted my kids to learn how to pay their bills. So how am I going to do this with children? That was kind of where I was going. Uh-huh. I also wanted them to own their own money and be independent. I didn't want them begging me for money or digging in my purse. I wanted them to own what they had. So that was my mom thinking. Yeah. So about that time, my husband changed jobs, and the company set up a direct deposit account at our bank. And direct deposit was still fairly new at that time. So that, when I combined that with the fact that I was a credit card and check writing money manager, I realized <clears throat> I wasn't going to have the right amount of cash to pay my kids on allowance day. 
this is going to be a problem because I didn't want to be unreliable. Right. So I decided to write their deposits in a little notebook, and that was the beginning of what became the no-cash allowance. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. So as we went forward, my husband was a teacher. I come from a family of teachers. We agreed that letting our children control money as a number would be a good hands-on experience. And we decided that the one rule, the big rule, was that we would never pay our children with cash. They got all their money or funds from us as a number written in their account, later on actually deposited in their checking accounts. So our daughters grew up with this experience, experiment. We weren't sure how it was going to turn out. They helped Mm -hmm shape it along the way. And then later on, when we would talk to other parents of college kids, we realized our daughters never once called home to ask for money from college. It's a true story. A lot of people find that surprising. That's when we decided that our allowance experience was a success. Our girls were ready to manage money, and they were ready for the adult world of financial responsibility. They also both got married to very intelligent guys who said, hey, these women really know how to manage money. So the, my daughters are the money managers in their family because they're really good at it. That's also when I decided to write the book. Fantastic, because uh, I, I read the testimonials of uh, of your daughters, and you're right. I, I have to say, your, your kids were definitely the exception to the rule of not calling back home asking for money in college. Uh, I, was, I was somewhat, I guess, fortunate. My, my, the college that I went to was only about eight miles away from my home, and I, I stayed at home, so I, did, I could always reach back at mom and dad to try to get some money uh, during those times. But, but to know, knowing that you had, you had laid the foundation with your kids uh, uh, with, the, with the methods that are in this uh, book, and it carried over into adulthood, and they are living by those principles even today. And I think it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I have to tell you one little anecdote. My youngest daughter, when she was maybe her last year of college, she was leaving. The kids were picking up to take her back to school, and I slipped a $5 bill into her hand, and she looked at me, and she said, what are you doing? You never give me cash. <laughs> wow. I, and, and especially, I have to say this too, in reading the book, you were on the cutting edge of what uh, society was going to look like in the future. Um, uh, I, wonder, I just wonder how, how did you see that? I mean, uh, to, see that, to see where we are right now with almost like a cashless type of society right now? It was amazing that you, you and your husband were right. I mean, it's almost like prophetic in a sense that you knew what was going to happen in the future, and you went ahead and you instilled those skills and the methods within your children growing up. It's, it's amazing how you, you were able to do that. Well, it, it 
kind of grew from my idea that I really wanted them to be independent and in control. And when we look at money, even then, money was generally a number. It's a number in an account. Now even more so, a lot of our money transactions today, we never see the cash. Just you know, numbers are flowing back and forth. So by focusing on the number, we had one real thing that they could always look at. They could always see the balance in the bottom of their account, and they always knew what it was. Kids with a piggy bank, they're tempted to dump the money out and count it, figure out how much they have, and as soon as they do that, they really want to go shopping because they got cash in their hands. Right. And our kids didn't have to do that. They could look at their account and say, I've got $26.32, and they could go shopping with me and buy something and come home and subtract it. It was like debit card spending. That was long before debit cards were around. But they understood it, and they didn't care if they had cash or not. All we wanted to know was, do I have enough money to make this decision? Uh, but also, in looking back at how things are changing, I look back, you know, at my parents. Uh, you know, they didn't have a credit card until, gosh, I was probably in high school. And, and things are changing so quickly. My grandkids will probably never write a check, a paper check. Yeah, I agree. Don't see that happening. Yeah, I I agree Uh, totally. I agree. Yeah, and by focusing on the number, that was something that was always going to be there. They were always going to have a number to meet the bottom line, the balance in their account. And then what we did is transferred additional money to them that they had to then manage for the expenses, and that's where they learned how to pay their bills on time. And they were doing that with their own funds because it was required of them. And kids really do like to have responsibility. They want to be like grown-ups. They want to have faith. They want to be in control. And they want to have responsibility. Yeah, I I love that aspect in your book. I I recall um, in the first half, uh, in addition to teaching your children about uh, money and teaching them money skills, you were instilling responsibility in them and also holding them accountable, uh, not necessarily to penalize them, but to teach them this is real life and this is how life is going to be when you become an adult. And I know that sometimes being a parent, uh, we want to keep our children from being hurt, uh, from failing, you created such a system to where you gave them the opportunity or the opportunity was there for them to fail from time to time. You were always there to help, but you allowed them to, but there was a learning uh, 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 process, even when that during, during those times when they failed, you know, from, t- you know, with money management. Uh, I think that's so well, key. And that, and that was one of the uh, things that we, really focused on, again, coming from a family of educators, uh, you only learn a skill by practicing, and you only gain knowledge by making mistakes. So 
in effect, what they were doing is they were making money decisions all the time. This was a day-to-day money management system. You know, it was like your checkbook, the balance is ongoing. You add and you subtract to it. So every time they added or subtracted, they're making a money decision. And that is part of the skill of money management is having that ability to look at your resources and make a decision and learn from the mistakes. So you want to, they would buy a toy. You know, I have to have this toy. It's a fad. And we'd say, well, you know, do you really think you're going to play with it? All? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be my favorite toy. <laughs> and then they would buy it, and then it wasn't their favorite toy. And they would say, well, yeah. why did you let us buy it? We didn't let you buy it. You decided to buy it. Right. And then they owned the decision. They didn't blame us. But on the other hand, they would see grown-ups spending money foolishly, too. So it's okay for them to do that. A kid can't make a horrible mistake with money. They can only make mistakes that teach them lessons. Hmm. They can't make mistakes until they're adults. Then it can get really bad. But when they're kids, they have to make mistakes. And parents have to let go of the control and let them make the mistakes. I, I agree totally. I definitely agree. I have my I have two teenage daughters, uh, fifteen and seventeen year old, and my oldest made the decision to buy. She wanted to get a new uh, uh, cell phone, new smartphone, and I didn't think it was necessary. And I went over, you know, the guidelines of you know the the, the ins and out of the phone. We went over the cost, and she had the money. Uh, to purchase the phone, but I wanted her to make sure that she understood how much she's going to be spending and what she's going to be getting out of it versus the phone that she currently had, you know, but it was, she wanted the latest and the greatest. And, you know, uh, she made the decision or I'll, you know, I said, Hey, it's your money. You're spending it. And if you think that it's going to be beneficial to you to spend that much money, you're going to, you know, reap the rewards of enjoying that new phone, uh, go, go for it. And I think in retrospect, uh, she kind of regrets it, but that was her decision, and we allowed her to make that decision. So, so I, I, I love that aspect. And she owns that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's yes. really important. And, I mean, we discovered that, uh, for example, one of our, we live in Wisconsin where it's cold, you need winter warm boots. And our daughter wanted to buy, and we said, we'll buy the winter boots, but if you buy fashion boots, you have to pay for them yourself. Yeah. So she wanted to buy these boots and didn't have enough money. And we said, well, you know, save up some money, and then when you're ready, you can go buy them. She saved up the money. I said, do you want to go buy the boots? And she said, well, I don't think I want to spend my money on them. <laughs> You know, they, they start to really own those choices. And yes. uh, her her daughter now, when her daughter was about five, she was getting her allowance. They were at a store. She asked her mom to buy something for her. My daughter said, no, you have enough money to buy that. The little girl looked at her and said, no way. I'm going to wait until I have more money, and I'm going to buy something even better. Ah. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Very, very capable. Very capable if we let them make the decisions. Yes, I agree. 
I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, Lynn. Um, yes. Seeing that we just came out of Financial Literacy Month, uh, please share your thoughts uh, on whether or not we as a country in the U.S., if we are actually doing enough in stressing the importance of financial literacy with our children. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, that's a great question. I could go on and on and on about that one. Uh, But I'm going to say this because my interest is really for kids from ages 3 to 18. I'm going to focus on what I see are the two biggest influencers for those groups, that schools and parents. Mm -hmm. So let's look at schools. If we compare financial education classes with driver's education, we can see that, you know, the teens have to sit through the classroom portion, but what they really want is to get behind, you know, the the wheel and drive the car. So they have to have the knowledge that they get in school, and then outside of school they learn the skill because practice is essential to develop that skill of driving a car. So... Taking that a little further, I would say financial education also has two parts. One is knowledge and one is skill development. Schools can provide knowledge. Financial literary classes, however, do not provide hands-on practice because they cannot provide real money. They can provide exercises and examples, but until a kid really owns the money and makes a decision, kind of a different thing. It's what you learn in school is what you learn in school. And it's kind of like trying to learn how to play soccer without ever kicking the ball. Uh. So if schools can't provide real money for practice, where does that leave us? Only parents can do that part. So to become capable in managing money, a child has to practice with real money. And, and that's what my book is about. It's giving parents a guide to set up this financial educational experience in their home where it's safe. They have influence in various ways, and I explain some of that in the book. But it gives kids that hands-on practice with their own money, making decisions for both fun and necessary expenses. So I, I think in schools were doing a better job. I mean, when I was in school, there was nothing like that at all. My daughters didn't have that when they went to high school. So I think we're doing a good job in explaining uh, more about finances and terminology and things like that. But again, it's that practice making decisions, and they need to start when they're kids. They can't wait until they're 18. I agree. I agree. And Uh, so when I talk to parents, I will, I will say to them, transfer to each of your kids a regular amount of money. You might think of this as trans- just transferring control to them. It's money you would spend on them anyway. In effect, you're giving them operational control of a certain amount of the family budget. But it's partly for fun, but it's partly for expenses. Um, so you say to the kids, this is your money. You're going to be responsible for certain expenses. If you manage your money well, you'll have more to spend for fun. You're in total control. 
You're going to make good and bad decisions. Sometimes wish you had made a different choice. As parents, we can offer advice, but don't look to us to bail you out. Learning to manage money is important. Absolutely. So with that in mind, you know, with a child, you start when they're young and you give them, you know, some a base amount and then you add funds that they have for expenses. And we also added opportunities to earn money doing some chores, not all chores, but some chores. So there was an right. incentive to earn some money also. Great. So great. But I think great. parents – go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I think parents need to recognize that they have the ability to do this, even if they're not good at managing money. It's like setting up an educational, a little educational system, a little educational thing for your kids at home. You know, you take them to piano lessons or soccer lessons or whatever it is, but this is an ongoing thing, and I explain in the book how to do that so that your children are learning this as they go along. And trust me, if you start this with a preschooler, money is going to be a different animal by the time that kid graduates from high school because the way we spend and use money keeps changing. So in our experience, we all were learning as we went along, which was giving us the opportunity to talk about money as a neutral topic because they owned their money. We didn't own their money. Very great concept. So parents I like have, yeah, parents have a big role to play in this, and I and I think all parents can do this. Uh, you just have to treat it as a learning experience. And and the biggest thing is parents have to give up control, like letting go of the bike. First time they're going to go off without the training wheels, you know they're going to fall. <laughs> but you know they're going to get better. Right. But parents hold on to control because they don't want their kids to make mistakes, but mistakes are how they learn. Right, absolutely. I agree. Now, as as we are closing out uh, the show, unfortunately, as usual, as I always tell uh, my listening audience, I have more information than I do time. But uh, as we're coming up to a close tonight, would you please share or please give all of us tonight maybe two or three tips as a takeaway of tonight's show? Okay, I would say that children are more capable of managing money and making complicated decisions than we think. And I think we... Uh, owe them the opportunity to let them do this. This is one area in which we can really let kids be in charge where they can't harm themselves. And it's just a growing experience. Uh, I thought I was teaching my kids about money, but I think they really learned some essential life skills like confidence, decision-making, and responsibility. So it's kind of a parenting partnership have a parenting tool, using money as a tool, but as a neutral tool. So that's one thing, is trust that your kids can do this. And then another one is I say, you know, if you're going to start an allowance system, kind of think it through. And I give tips in the book how to do that, especially with different age groups. 
what's kind of appropriate at the different age groups, and be prepared for it to change. And be prepared for your kids to be part of that change. At one point, our daughters came to us and said, you know, you're giving us X amount of dollars each for our, you know, our, our weekly credit, our weekly allowance bit. But, you know, that's just not cutting it anymore. We've got, you know, this is what's going on in our life. And these things are happening, and, and we really think we need a little more money, so can we renegotiate? They came to us to renegotiate. So they're learning money skills and learning how to talk about it. And when we gave them some chores to do, they would come sometimes come back and say, you know, you're paying us too much for that one, and that one you shouldn't be paying as much for that at all. So they're taking on a responsibility that we wouldn't necessarily expect them to. So it, it's kind of a partnership between the parents and the kids, and it was fascinating. I think it was one of the most fascinating things we did as parents was watching these girls grow up learning this. Look, look, great. Well, and, and thank you so much for writing the book. Uh, I think that a lot of parents, individuals, uh, will get a lot out of it uh, as they read it and, and go through the exercises and allow it to become their lifestyle forever. I think this is a great concept, definitely a great concept. Now, how can uh, people contact you or get a copy of the book? If you can share your contact information, website, uh, how we can get a hold of the book. Okay. Uh, my website is www.thenocashallowance.com. And uh, the price of the book, including free shipping, is eleven ninety five. It is available at, in the print version from the website. You can also get it from Amazon. Uh, the Kindle and Nook versions are $9.95. And my contact information is all there. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. You can contact me by email. And um, I encourage anyone to contact me with questions. I also write a blog. One of the ones I wrote recently I'd like to point out, it's called How to Avoid the Money Crisis Awaiting Our Kids. I'm saying that if kids don't start learning how to manage money as a number, they're going to be saddled with extra expenses as they grow up because they're going to be paying interest fees and late fees, and they're going to be losing a valuable part of their resource, which is going to affect their quality of life. So I, I think parents need to look at this and do the things that they can do to help their kids be ready for that. Yeah, I agree. Because that's real life. That's life. <laughs> it can't. It can't get any more real than that. Definitely can't get no. any real than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for uh, being a guest here on the show and uh, for all of the information regarding uh, your book, the methods, uh, and just sharing with us your own personal story uh, with your uh, daughters. So I uh, thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show. Again, you can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, here on the CWR Talk Network. And as we close out, remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully. 
spend carefully, and invest wisely. So right now we're going to go out with a song called Wild Things by Marion Meadows, and we will talk with you next week. Take care.